Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, Word of Life, we're so excited to have you with us wherever you're watching from this weekend. Some of you, you're watching on CBS. Others of you are watching by Facebook, some by YouTube. And I just want to encourage you, if you're watching by Facebook, especially share this and let other people hear this news, because I promise you, in the midst of all that is going on, I come bearing huge, amazing, big, exciting news, and the world most definitely needs to hear it. So please, share it. I think the community, and honestly, the world is about to be blessed by what I'm about to communicate. So last year, the Lord dealt with my heart to dream bigger, and he dealt with it on three different occasions to dream bigger. I kind of come to a place in my life where I didn't really have that much desire, and I considered that to be like this spiritual good place, and the Lord really dealt with me of like, no, it's not. There's more that I have word of life to do. There's more that I have for you to do, and I want you to live by faith to accomplish it. So I told God, I'm like, look, I don't want to like create something and then ask you to bless it. I don't want like this thing born of the flesh. I really want a God dream and I want you to show me how to dream bigger instead of me like trying to dream bigger on my own. So last summer, after having this conversation with God, I'm out watering my grass and I had made this foolish mistake to plant sod in the middle of last summer. And it was just a terrible idea because we received zero rain the whole summer. So I'm out watering my grass like a fireman. I mean, like literally, I'm like, did I change professions? Why am I watering so much? And I'm out there watering my grass day after day, trying to keep it alive. And one day I'm out there, I kid you not, I am not like this emotional feeler who like exaggerates what happens and those types of things. I'm very much a logical thinker and I'm out there being very natural, but I'm praying in the spirit and just watering my grass, honestly, a little frustrated that I'm out there having to do this and God just falls on me. I don't know how to explain it any other way. And I saw a sanctuary and in looking at this sanctuary, I see it looked to be like 2,000 people. If I had to just guess, I see this sanctuary. And the Lord speaks to my heart and says, you're going to need a building in Madison. And immediately the moment was over, the vision was over, whatever you want to call it, it was just gone. And I'm standing there watering my grass, wondering what in the world just happened to me. So I pick up the phone, I had it in my pocket, and I call our executive pastor, Ryan Lamberson. I'm like, you're not going to believe this, man. I just had a vision. And I saw a sanctuary. It looked like it had 2,000 people. And I kind of like told him what the sanctuary looked like, that kind of thing. I said, the Lord said, you're going to need a building in Madison. He's like, bro, like five minutes ago, I just had a pastor call and ask me about when are you guys ever going to do something in Madison? And I just knew like God was up to something. Now, whenever you get something from God, and this is an important point, but whenever you get something from God, you need to do three things. Number one, you need to pray it out. So you don't just get it and forget about it. Pray it out. Talk to God about it. Pray out whatever God puts on your heart. Number two, talk it out. 
Get around other spiritual people and tell them what God has told you. And if it's of God, it'll get bigger in you and they'll confirm it. And number three, walk it out. You need to start walking towards whatever it is uh, that God has showed you or God has told you. And so for me, I just began putting that process in motion. I'd wake up and pray about, well, Father, what is this about Madison? Like, what is this about that county? What is it about that region? What is it about that part of town? And then I talked it out. I got with our executive pastor and others and just began to talk about, what are we going to do in Madison? I feel like God wants us to do something. What does that look like for us? And then lastly, I began to walk it out. I began to like, look, okay, if we did something in that direction, what would we do? And so as I'm I'm doing those things and kind of processing those things, we made this decision to start looking at potential things we could do over there in that area, in that side of town. So the first thing that we did is we went and we looked at Ridgeland High School. And we went over there and we knew a couple of other churches who had done church there, worked really well. And we went and it's like, this is perfect. It's got the perfect auditorium. It's got kids' classrooms. We can start immediately. We don't have to build anything or buy anything. We just lease something out. We going to lease it from them for like two years and all of those kinds of things and then find a building after that. And it just looked like it was all going in the right direction. And then one day it just fell apart and immediately just quit being an option. And I can remember being so disappointed by that. I'm like, God, you know, I'm trying to walk this out. This made so much sense on paper. And if I'm being honest, I was walking it out without probably praying it out as much And I really felt, and this is the only time it's ever happened to me before, I really felt like as I'm kind of half praying, half complaining to God about this deal falling through, that God almost kind of laughed. And he said, I told you you would need a building in Madison. I'm like... Okay, so we started looking at other things and we found this piece of property is about 20 acres over in Madison and we're like, okay, maybe this is it and had a building on it that we could kind of revamp and redo and it looked kind of promising from that regard and we began to put some time and attention towards those things and begin to kind of walk out what it would look like to acquire it and just seemed on paper to be like a great deal and a blessing to both parties and all of those kinds of things, but I never had full piece about it. And in January of this past year, on January 28th, we had staff prayer. We do staff prayer every Tuesday. And in January 28th, during staff prayer, God just fell in that room. And all of a sudden, like the spirit of prophecy comes upon me and my executive pastor, Ryan, the staff was there. We have it written out on paper um, that there would be buildings and particularly a building that was given to us that God was already working in the heart of a pastor and a congregation and the board of uh, of directors to turn over a facility to our care, that it would bring life. And we asked the question in the prophecy, would life work there? And the Lord dealt with a heart that life would work there. And we didn't even know where there was. And like, honestly, as we're talking about it, my mind is like, someone's going to give us a building and all of those kinds of things. And Anyway, we just spoke out what we felt like God wanted us to say, because that's all that prophecy is. Don't let it weird you out. Prophecy is just where people stop talking and God starts talking. And we really felt like this was inspired by God. So we just did what we do with anything. We walked it out, talked it out, prayed it out, and put it on paper so we could walk it out and talk it out and pray it out. And we just began doing those things. 
And all of a sudden, the next month uh, in February, I'm at this conference. And when I'm at this conference, I see this missionary that our church has supported here, there. Uh, every once in a while, we'll cut them a check. They have a missions organization out in the South Pacific, which is all the islands out there past Hawaii and that kind of thing. And they have a boat. Get this. This is the coolest thing. They have a boat called the Uttermost Witness. Isn't that a great name for a boat? And they get on the boat and go to all these islands. And literally, their last thing that they say before they leave the dock, you know, they're there talking to their people. They're like, if we don't come back, send more. I love that. Don't, don't, you know, make a big deal out of our departure. Don't make a big deal out of one, what happened. It's like, if we don't come back, send more. And when I heard that, I'm like, we can support that ministry. So we had sent them some money before and I see them. And when I see them, I'm like, I should go say hello. Have you ever been there before? It's like, I should go say hello, but I'm kind of like an introvert. So I'm like, it could be awkward if I go say hello. Should I go say hello? I don't know. Should I? And so I'm looking. And by that time, it's like the window closed. I'm like, I'll just go sit down. So as I'm going to go sit down, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart. And he said, I want you to partner with this other minister who was also there and take up an offering for them. And I'm like, okay. So I'm walking back to my seat. I get to my seat and I tell the Lord, I'm like, gosh, father, like the way you phrase that just sounds so awkward to me. Like I'll give them an offering, but like to partner with this other ministry means I'd have to have a conversation with another pastor. Once again, introvert. And I'm like, you know, God, it would be so much easier if I could just give them an offering. And how would I even go about partnering with this minister? And they kind of intimidate me, this one particular minister, they're amazing, but kind of intimidating to me. And so like, I'm like, God, that would just be awkward once again. And so I said, Father, if you could just put it on their heart to take an offering for them, then I could join with them. And I kid you not, like five minutes later, this minister gets up and he's like, we're going to take up an offering. And tonight it's all going to that ministry. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like I felt relief and pleasure all at the same time. It's like relief that I didn't have to ask him to partner with me, that instead I could partner with them to take up the offering and pleasure that I had heard from God. Like I knew God was at work. And as soon as they say this, we're going to take them an offering for this ministry, God put it on my heart and he said, I want you to cut them a check for $125,000. He says, it's the largest check you've ever cut as a ministry. And he's, it's, he's right. Like we had cut checks of $100,000 before, like one check for $100,000. In fact, we've done it many times. But for whatever reason, we never broke that barrier where we had given more than $100,000 before. And I get that in my heart and God says, I want you to cut a check for $125,000. And when you sow it, it's going to break a barrier in your ministry that I've been trying to break for a long time. And it's going to introduce a new season. And so I'm like, okay. So I get on my phone and I get on this app called Slack. Uh, it's kind of like inner office email. And I pull up my executive pastor and our CFO, Janet Dennington. And I'm like, we need to cut a check for $125,000. And I explained to them, God said, it's going to break a barrier for the ministry and it's going to this missionary to, you know, help all these people in the South Pacific and all of those kinds of things. So we have this footprint, this spiritual footprint of the slack I sent about what God spoke to my heart about this prophecy that went out in staff prayer. And a couple of weeks later, it's a normal day and I'm sitting here actually in this very room and I get a phone call. And the phone calls from a businessman in our church. And he's like, hey, did you close on that deal in Madison? I'm like, no, we've had some issues that are there. Some of the things came up with the land and with the other things that were on. And, you know, I'm just unsure about it. And he's like, look, there's something that has come up 
And I really think it's a God thing. He's like, can you meet me next week at my office? And I'm like, sure. So the next week I meet him at his office and I walk in into this room. And when I walk into the room, I see a man that I'd seen before. And I had met him one other time at an FCA event, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, great ministry. We support it. I'm on the state board of that ministry. And I'd seen him at like a fundraising event. And I knew that he was a pastor. And I see him there and we start talking and it's awkward once again, you know, introvert. Uh, And so it's like, hey, how's your church? You know, weather, who's your favorite sports team? You know, all those kinds of things, just trying to make small talk and, you know, eat. And, you know, because lunch was there and it's like, am I eating this too fast? Am I eating it too slow? Should I eat while he's talking or should I be patient and just wait? But if I don't eat while he's talking, when will I ever eat? Like all of these questions that race through your mind through awkward meetings. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, like God just kind of falls in that room and he starts telling me what is in his heart. He's seven years old. He's looking for, you know, what's coming next for his life, but also what's coming next for his church. I knew where his church was and all of those types of things. And it's an amazing church, great body of believers. And he starts telling me that he was praying about what to do next with the church. And the Holy Spirit just put my name on his heart. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm taking all that has happened into account with the seed we've just sown financially. The prophecy that came out in the um, staff prayer, the word of the Lord that God gave me for 2020, that'd be a time of rapid acceleration, like all the way back to the vision that I had of God telling me you're going to need a building in Madison and me thinking it would take years to acquire land and build it. And now there's this potential that could be given to us. And I'm sitting there in this surreal moment. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like I made it even more awkward if you could make it more awkward. Like my salad is still sitting there and I'm sitting, I don't know what to say because I can just sense God all over this. And I'm like, pastor, are you saying what I think you're saying? He's like, yes, I think the Lord wants me to give our ministry to your ministry and for it to become a campus of Word of Life Church. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, really? Like, man of faith and power right here. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yes. And I start telling him everything I just told you. And we start seeing how this is like such a God thing. And I told him, I said, well, if you're serious about it, like I need to see like financial documents and your bylaws and all these types of things. The next day I had them. And I told him, like, I can't do this without a spirit of, like, unity and honor because I do not want it to be like we are coming and swallowing your church family or forcing you out. Like, if your board doesn't vote unanimously uh, to install this decision and make it a word of life and make me the pastor and all those types of things, I can't do it. And I met with all the board members, and they were all super excited about it. Then we started meeting with key leaders in the church and with each key leader, they got excited about it. And it was one of those things where I, I, I asked him, I'm like, pastor, it seems just so supernatural, like this divine thread going all the way through this. 
And I asked him this question. I'm like, well, when would you think doing this? I said, for us, we saw if we bought land and we renovated a building like 2021, like Easter. And he said, well, what about this Easter? And I'm like, 2020? He's like, yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, once again, trying to process all of this information. And I just saw like only God can make this happen. Like, only the Lord could do this. And I immediately thought about my, my wife when I met her. Me and my wife, we met on a blind date. Well, it was blind for her, but I had seen her. <laughs> That's why I agreed to take the date. Uh, so, blind for her, not so much for this guy. And I'd seen a picture, and I'm like, yes, I will take her on a date for sure. And we went on a date so awkward because introvert. Um, so, so awkward, thought it would never work, thought I'd never call or any of those types of things. God intervened. Like literally I was not going to call her like, cause the date was such a train wreck. My stepfather started talking about the rapture. That's how much of a train wreck it was. Love the rapture. Not what you want to talk about on your first date. Uh, and all of those types of things. And I, I had my mom's Bible that morning and I was doing the one-year Bible reading plan, and I opened up the Bible reading plan for that day. And kid you not, hand before the Lord, the only thing on that page was the story of Isaac and Rebecca, and the only thing highlighted for that day in that Bible, my mom's Bible, was they called her to see what she would do, and she became his wife. And so I'm like, I guess I'll call her. And so I picked up the phone and I called her and I called her while she was in class because she was in college. And I'm like, you know, okay, like I'll put the ball in her court. I know she won't pick up. So if she's interested, she'll call me back. If she's not interested, you know, you know, uh, at least it, it, it won't be too big of a blow on the ego um, and all those types of things. So I called her, we went to Crackle Barrel, eliminated every third party, just me and her at the Crackle Barrel. We hit it off and three months later we were married. It was like the perfect hand met the perfect glove, like just a divine thread all the way through it. And honestly, close to 15 years of marriage, the easiest thing I've ever done because it was just divinely orchestrated. That's the only way I know how to describe it. And when he starts telling me about this process and I walk through their church, I see it is the same type of thing that it was with my wife of like, their music is like ours. Their congregation is already diverse. They believe in what we believe. They already have multiple services. They have small groups and they call them connect groups. Uh, they have all of these, they use the same church software, like all of these kinds of things. It's like, we wouldn't have to change that and we wouldn't have to change that and we wouldn't have to change that. Just this perfect fit. And so I'm excited to announce to you that in May, Word of Life Church is going to have a brand new campus on Highland Colony Parkway. Christ Life Church on Highland Colony is becoming Word of Life Church in the month of May. This building is right by Costco. We've got about 12.5 acres, 45,000 square foot facility, sanctuary that seats 500, congregation of 400 there waiting on us. Many of our teams already know their teams. And in May, when all this virus is over, we will open up a brand new campus in Madison County. It was given to us. It was by the hand of the Lord. We didn't have to buy it. We didn't have to pay for it. It was handed to us because this is something only God could do. 
And I just want to take a moment and I want to honor Pastor David Hell and his wife, the whole church family there. I know that it's, it's got to be just a huge change of life. And we as a church are going to honor him and help him with his retirement. We're going to make sure that him and his wife are taken care of across every front. We're going to come in and we're immediately going to invest in that property, uh, the Christ-like property, and make it better than it's ever been before. Uh, We plan on launching it with the exact same three service times as we have here at our Flowood campus, 8.30, and 11.30. And we'll be getting with you about who may be transitioning over there. But I just want to say for anyone from Christ Life who's watching and a Pastor David and Miss Anita, we love you guys. We're for you. We are not replacing you. We are just coming in and complimenting everything God has already done through your ministry here in the Jackson metro area for the past 17 years. And I believe where one could put a thousand a flight, two could put 10,000 a flight. I believe these two campuses, one on Lakeland Drive and the other one on Highland Colony Parkway, you get two, both of these campuses operating together, we are going to be amazed at what God could do. Now, here's where the preaching part comes in. We can get excited. I could just stop right now and do like a a praise dance right here. I won't because introvert, Uh, but it's so exciting. But here's what I want to convey to you. The word of the Lord that God gave me for our church during this season of this virus and all this kind of stuff is out of the book of Daniel. And Daniel has this routine in his life where he's just constantly honoring God. And this routine is making his life excellent. In fact, the Bible said he had an excellent spirit. And anytime we have excellence about us, it's because of a routine that we have set up. And day after day, Daniel has this amazing spiritual routine that has enabled the favor of God to rest upon his life. Now, the enemy sees that routine and it's like, you know what? If we can take him out of his routine, then we can absolutely break up what God is doing in his life. So the enemy attacks his routine. His routine is to honor God, to kneel three times a day before God and praise and in worship. And the enemy comes in and hatches this plan to get him to stop doing that, to get him to stop honoring God. And of course, Daniel refuses to break that routine and he gets thrown into a lion's den because of it. And in that lion's den, you know what happens? No harm comes to him. In fact, one translation of the Bible says no wound was found on him. There was no mark, no blemish, no bruise after being in there with lions. And you know what happened after he came out of that lion's den? The Bible says immediately he was promoted and put into a place where he prospered. Now, here's what I mean by this. Over the past 18 years of me pastoring, we have this routine. We give whenever God tells us to give. We tithe every single month. Our first checks, they go to missions every single month. Those are the first checks we cut. Anytime God speaks to our heart to give a big gift, we give the big gift. Whether it's 125000 or 10000 or 3000 or whatever it may be, we always just have that routine of obeying God. Every Tuesday, me and my staff meet and we pray for our church. Every night, me and my wife get together and we pray for our church. We saw a miracle in the middle of a lion's den. When we started this virus, we had one strong campus. When this virus is over, we're going to have three. 
Lakeland and Flowood is going to be better than it's ever been before. We are setting up our new kids area and it is going to be state of the art. When this virus is over, this campus, the Flowood campus, is going to be the best campus I feel like in the state of Mississippi in terms of facility alone. The kids department is bar none excellent. I can't wait for your kids to enjoy it. And we're going to raise up the next generation of kids who know God as their father, know the leading of the Holy Spirit, and know how to live by faith. Flowwood, it's going to kick it up to the next level. The second campus is one that started a couple of years ago, but this virus made us pay more attention to it than ever before. It is our online campus. We were looking at how to make it bigger and better and to reach more people than ever before. Last week, we saw over 20,000 people watch our online services. And it's made us see that our biggest congregation is not here in Lakeland and it won't be out there in Madison County. Our biggest congregation is our online campus where people can watch us all over the world. And what Satan meant for evil, God has turned it around for our good because we have seen how we can make this campus better than ever before. And not just that, we're going to open up a third campus when this virus is over right in the heart of Madison County in the perfect location for not just a church, the perfect location for anything. It's right next to the Costco there. We, we, we thought about calling Word of Life Costco just because it's the closest point of reference, but we feel like that would be like copyright infringement. We want to avoid lawsuits and all those types of things. So it's just going to be Word of Life Holland Colony. But my point is, is we're going to open up with that campus in May. Like, how amazing is this that in the middle of a lion's den where so many churches and organizations are having to worry about closing, we have seen the faithfulness of God. Your giving hasn't dropped off. I talked to one pastor the other day. He said our giving is 70% down. Talked to another pastor the other day. He said our giving is down 50%. Our giving has stayed the same because of God's faithfulness, but yours too. And I honor that. You're the most faithful group of people on the planet earth. But here's what's amazing. Not only are we going to survive in this season, we are going to thrive in this season. And we're going to end this virus with three brand new campuses. Lakeland is going to be brand new with its kids department. Our online campus is going to be brand new with all the things we're adding to it. And we've got a brand new campus right there on Highland Colony Parkway. Now, here's why this matters. This is exciting for us as a church. But here's what I want to ask you. Why can't God do the same for you? It's not done to us according to the economy. It's not done to us according to a virus. It's not done to us according to how much even God loves us. It is done to us according to our faith. And if you can get up in this moment and say, God, I'm expecting not only to walk out of this place with no wound on me from this virus, but I'm going to walk out of this virus season over into a place where God is going to open up more opportunity for me than ever before. I believe God's goodness is going to show up in your life like never before. But here's the thing. You can't fall asleep in the mundane. Daniel started with this routine of just daily seeking God. And over the history of Word of Life Church, we've never had a building giving to us, but that was not a one moment of happenstance. That was year after year of just faithfully doing what God told us to do. But suddenly, God brought a breakthrough that accelerated us 10 years into the future. 
God can do the same for you. Don't allow this storm to break your routine. Don't allow this lion's den to make you stop seeking God, praying, getting on your knees, giving, tithing, investing in God's kingdom, opening up your mouth and speaking out God's promises. In fact, don't just not break your routine. Let's up that routine like never before because I believe God is working together something for the good what Satan meant for evil. Word of life, God's hand is on this ministry, and I cannot wait to see at the end of this year where we are at. We are so excited about what God is doing in this church, and I believe the same spirit that God is working in us is the same spirit he is working in you. The future is bright for us. The future is bright for you. God's got you in the palm of his hand, and he is going to take care of you. Now, we're going to end this service with praise and worship. But before we do, I just want to take a moment and pray for anybody out there who may need to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of their life. Now, here's what you've heard. Everything that I just communicated is just the goodness of God. It's not because I'm talented. It's not because I'm special. I've never won an award uh, that I know of. <laughs> well, there was this one time in third grade where I won second place in the spelling bee. I still have that. Thank you, Miss Gordon. You made my, my life. I'm, I'm 36, still talking about what happened in the third grade. But, you know, I'm kidding. But here's the thing. This is not happening because, like, we're special. They asked Billy Graham, they said, out of all the things that God spoke to you over the course of your ministry. What's the one thing that stood out to you? You know, he said, Jesus loves me. This I know. <laughs> they said, what? Like, that's the biggest revelation you got over all these years of ministry is that Jesus loves you. He said, no, you didn't finish it. He said, the greatest revelation I got is Jesus loves me. This I know. Because you know what? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. But do you know it? Do you know he loves you? Do you know he's forever for you? Do you know that you couldn't mess up so much that he would walk away from you? I'm so imperfect. But I see the goodness of God, not because I'm perfect, but because Jesus loves me. And this I know. And if you want to make a decision for Jesus today, I want to encourage you to make that decision. I just want to encourage you right now, wherever you're at, to just get on your knees and receive his love. Call him Lord. He can watch over your life. But I also want you to do something that I think we can help you with on this journey. I want you to go to our website, thelife.cc slash following Jesus. And I want you to tell us about the decision that you made so we can send you a book about how to follow Jesus, but also contact you so we can plug you in. Jesus loves you. This I know. Let's pray and let's end in celebration and worship. Father, we come before you today and I thank you for what you've done in this church. It is amazing. And you have been so good. And Father, I just thank you that you give each and every one of us the courage to live like Daniel in the face of a hard time. To just keep that routine of seeking you, knowing 
that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And Father, we're simply walking in the reward of many years of diligently seeking you. And I ask that you would give everyone watching this broadcast the courage to diligently seek you too. In the face of a lion, in the face of a fire, in the face of a virus, let each one of us step up and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We love you, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.